Have you been looking for a Taekwondo podcast with qualified people who know what they're talking about, who help you keep up with everything going on in the Taekwondo world? Well, you found it. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. Taekwondo news, competitions and other events, training and sports science, keeping the fans, coaches, and high-performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Let's do this. This is the Taekwondo Podcast. And now your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Hello and welcome to the Taekwondo Podcast. We are a podcast based out of Austria, in English language, for everyone out there who likes Taekwondo. In this episode, we talk about the upcoming competitions, the current events, and what we can expect in the different continental regions. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Coach Cesar Valentim, and with me is Coach Peter Nessler. Hi, Peter. How are you? I'm fine today. Hi, Caesar. How are you? Very good. Nice to be here again. It has been an amazing year so far. Well, despite all the restrictions of training, traveling and competing, the events are taking place and we have a year packed with events ahead of us. But most of these events have something special. It's called the bubble and the COVID prevention plans and what challenges does it bring and also what are the big concerns you have regarding it? What we have is, well, let, let me start with this. We had some events already, um, which were organized in bubble style, and it worked out really well. So you enter with a test, then you stay in the same place. You don't leave the place, championship all in the same place, and when you leave it, you're gone. Uh, it worked fine for the teams, as so far. But on the other hand, it uh, also makes longer events, uh, which causes bigger costs for the teams. So it's quite safe, let me say it uh, like this. Well, the bigger events with Bubble were, as you mentioned, in private, and the microphones were not yet on, um, were the Winter Olympics. Um, but those were talking about National Olympic teams. It's not exactly the same as Taekwondo Opens. And right now, the events, let's talk about the event that just finished, the President's Cup, when you have to stay there for, with the cadets, juniors, seniors, Pumse, uh, for a week or over at 90 euros per person, I think the costs are a little bit prohibitive. Do you think that the, that kind of approach to the events is fair for the uh, clubs? Well, we, we have, we have been, uh, we have seen uh, rising costs in the, in the last year. So there's licenses here, licenses there. You have to have certificates here and there. And the last thing, thing was the, not only for, for the bubble, it was also before you have to take the hotel, which has been organized by the federation, which is doing the event. Well, that's a big amount of money. I mean, if you guess a team for, uh, for 10 people, you have to stay the full time and the events are longer, as I said, because it's less uh, divisions per day because of COVID. So it's it's really, really hard uh, for some of the teams to, to, to enter those competitions. I don't know if we could stretch those things furthermore. I think it is already a lot of money to spend. Let's see. The World Taekwondo released uh, new guidelines for the GMS saying that the 
global licenses for the federations as a price, but they do not should charge more than $35 per um, license. We know that some federations charge a little bit more, others charge way more. Um, and I understand also administrative costs and uh, all these uh, involved, or also as an extra source of income. The, um, the problem with the licenses that you pay once a year, sure. I think that's, uh, one of the, one, uh, another cost to add to the uh, amount of costs we have. We are still a very cheap sport when we compare, for example, with cycling or, uh, with all kind of, uh, water and motor sports. Can you imagine traveling with a team of mechanics or shipping your boats in a container to the other side of the world ahead of the tournament? We are quite, quite, uh, uh cheap. We can travel with a small backpack to most of the competitions uh, if you don't have a big team that has to bring a physiotherapist and a massage table uh, it's quite easy uh, the costs with the sensor socks um, and let's be honest <laughs> almost every month you have to buy new because the quality are are not <laughs> um, as high as it should be for a, a competitive equipment um, to be honest some of my players they buy socks literally every month because the magnets start to fall apart but the the events are not uh, prohibitive in terms of equipment or in terms of licensing but i when we start seeing the, the hotels official hotels being pushed for people who already have uh, all kinds of uh, vaccination panels and testing opportunities do you think this is going to be over with the uh, covid is over or do you think it's going to stay as a ways of the organizers also to have uh, easier logistics I think it will stay like this <laughs> because it's a, it's it's a good income for them but I think I really think it will stay like that. We were talking in the last episode actually two episodes ago um about uh, the world championships being pushed to the end of the year and that the continental championships uh being the the biggest objective for the first semester. Uh, the rules right now say that you have one athlete per weight division in some continental unions you have the possibility to qualify athletes via quota events. Is it realistic to keep these uh, eight weight divisions for the seniors and 10 for the juniors and cadets per gender? Or should we actually uh, add the, the, the either more weight divisions or the number of athletes participating outside of quota events? For example, in judo, you can take two athletes per weight division to some competitions and in taekwondo, you can only take one. And do you think it's having more players or having a different uh, system instead of single elimination to allow the players to have more bouts like they have in other uh, combat sports. Do you think the Continental Championships should uh, increase their uh, participation formats? Well, actually, we have uh, very big events right now with, with the existing system. <laughs> to open it even further, uh, the events would get even bigger. I don't know if you want, if we want that. Um, but the models you have in, in other sports, as you called in, in judo or so, it's, it allows a little more, uh, playing within the team. The seniors, um, the absolute, uh, European championships, um, they are G4 events. Yet the European university event gets zero points. Uh, do you think that would be interesting to create other kind of European championships, not only the open women European events, but we should probably have, uh, or might we would like to have workers uh, European championships or students uh, university European championships making points, or male or gender, uh, also for the other uh, um, 
um, minorities some kind of uh, European championship that allowed them to gather points, since we are only allowing one athlete per weight division in uh, regular European championships. Yes, I'd love to to have this. Um, the un university games don't have any points at all, but uh, we have them for many years now, and uh, you could see from the rising number of uh, participants that it is a uh, it's good events there. So why shouldn't we give them points as well? So start with a low level, some G two or so, half of of the European normal points. Um, That would be nice. Also other formats, that's true. This podcast is supported by Hawken Dynamics. Hawken Dynamics believes that technology is most useful when it stays out of your way. That's why Hawken developed the world's first wireless force plate system with extreme usability. It is the quickest, easiest to use and most robust solution on the market. It is trusted by all sports organizations, large and small, as well as tactical, military and rehabilitation environments around the globe. It's force testing in the palm of your hand. Here at Vintekondo Center, we use Hawken Dynamics to test and monitor our team. The cloud-based platform allows us to access data and publish a variety of reports on the go. My favorites are trend reports and, of course, weight reports, where I can monitor different metrics to view progress and identify performance indicators, or to compare weights to a baseline data range. I use it on a daily basis to identify readiness. A simple jumping test takes me less than a minute to assess the entire team. Having my own Hawken Dynamics force plates allows me to test reactive strengths, maximum strengths, rate of force development, asymmetry and so much more. The real-time feedback on the app is useful not only for testing, but as a training tool, making it more accurate and at the same time more engaging for the athletes. If you are interested in learning more about Hawken Dynamics or getting your own, The team can be reached at info at hawkendynamics.com or on Instagram or Twitter at hawkendynamics. When talking about Taekwondo training, we need to talk about Athlete Analyzer. Athlete Analyzer is the first Taekwondo-specific athlete monitoring system. It is used by both national teams, regional squads and small clubs to maximize performance, prevent injuries and communicate with both athletes and trainer teams. Athlete Analyzer is a cloud-based system with a friendly smartphone app. You can plan and monitor every aspect of your training, even when you are not in the gym with your team. The easy-to-use video analysis tool is not like anything you've seen. It helps you understand your athletes and even their opponents, making this app the only tool you need to manage your team. Before I used Athlete Analyzer, I spent an absurd amount of time in front of the computer, creating spreadsheets and using half a dozen software solutions. I have athletes in my center, but also abroad, and with Athlete Analyzer, it's much easier to communicate, plan, and monitor their development. Now that I have extra time, I can focus on what matters, training my athletes, and it still leaves me some room to do other stuff, like this Taekwondo podcast. Athlete Analyzer offers you a two weeks free trial. Visit them at athleteanalyzer.com to sign up, or click on the link in the episode's description. To get the most of your free trial, I recommend you first book a free personal demonstration with Nicholas. It will give you a great insight of what Athlete Analyzer has to offer you and your team. It is well worth the time. You're listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Now back to your hosts, Coach Caesar Valentim and Peter Nessler. Welcome back for the second part of the Taekwondo Podcast. Now we change roles. Uh, my next question to Coach Caesar. Um, the Pan America has a very busy calendar this year. Do you think is that realistic for the teams? Pan Americas usually have uh, a few countries that are quite international. They travel a lot. 
they have big teams and they also have the financial support to do that. We're talking like most of North America, Canada, US, Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico. But then you have uh, also in South America and Central America some uh, uh, strong teams, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia. Um, they tend to go uh, to most events. And then you have the surprise teams that don't go out too often like Cuba. But then uh, they, when they go, they make amazing results. Some of the events over there are traditional. Uh, the circuit, the North American circuit used to be Mexico Open, US Open, and uh, Canada Open. If they organize themselves, and sometimes they did, they managed to, you'd manage to travel over there and have three events in four weeks or three weeks. Um, then, of course, you have uh, Costa Rica and some other events that are traditional, very well organized. The federations and the organizers have quite a good uh, experience organizing them. They were not so regular. But they happened, and the in the few, last few years, you also saw uh, you saw in Rio once uh, with I think less than seventy athletes competing, uh, a big flop at the time. Um, Argentina, that uh, also known as Brazilian Open, since there are more Brazilian people competing there than anyone else, and, and other events. This year, we see some quite interesting competitions. We do see. Um, Ecuador Open in Quito. We'd see Havana Open, making Cuba as a taekwondo competition for the first time in the in the Open's calendar. We will have uh, Brazil as well. Not only the Pan American Championships, but also the uh, Brazil Open, Costa Rica. The traditional Open will happen again, and so on and so on. You will have. Um, a few events, including Puerto Rico uh, and Argentina and uh, Chile, um, that will bring uh, um, the events over there to an interesting uh, amount, allowing the local athletes to have almost the same opportunities as the athletes in Asia and Europe, if those events do take place. We see, for example, the first event, uh, US Open, the first Open event in the Pan American calendar was cancelled. The reason out there, official reason, was because of COVID, as a COVID restriction because of Omicron. Uh, well, um, we might have some other information sources that say it was not quite uh, the the situation. Apparently, the convention center was asking a little more money than usual. Negotiations uh, went sideways. And that's also a risk we suffer on every event, especially on countries that don't have a long-standing tradition of international events and don't have the uh, authorities. But we, we can might see some surprises. For example, Colombia has elections this year. Um, that means the local politicians will be glad to show some last-minute work and to please their populations. That means funds will be available for the national teams, regional training centers, and maybe opens. So the Pan American region has very different uh, opportunities. The south, the south and the north, and the Central American are all very very different. The Caribbean and the islands, they are a special reality. And honestly, going to Cuba open, it would be a great excuse to go to Cuba and say I'm going on, not going on vacations and actually do an event. But a country that is very strong, that has some uh, restrictions, travel restrictions, that has, uh, like many other countries over there, um, a very um, small number of athletes competing international and a big number of clubs that don't leave their country make me a little bit skeptic about these events and the cost is not the same. In uh, Europe, we have all these amount of events, but we can travel. They're close to each other. Um, the low-cost airlines, the well-connected uh, railroads and highways allow us to travel to these events very quickly. I don't think going to 
Chile, Argentina, and Canada would be the same cost as going to Spain, Belgium, and Netherlands. That's true. But I will still miss US Open. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. It was a pleasure being here with you and with everyone who is listening out there. This was the Taekwondo Podcast. If you haven't already, listen to our other episodes. They are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are releasing new episodes every Tuesday. Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a positive review and share it with your friends. See you next time. You've been listening to the Taekwondo Podcast. Keeping the fans, coaches and high performance athletes up to date with the latest news and trends on Olympic Taekwondo. Your host, Coach Cesar Valentim, has almost 20 years of experience with high performance Taekwondo and has worked all around the world as a Taekwondo trainer. Peter Nessler has been teaching Taekwondo for more than 20 years and he's currently one of the top referees in Europe. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate and review and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Taekwondo Podcast, on Facebook at Taekwondo Cast, and the website taekwondopodcast.com. See you next time. <laughs>